Monday, September 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it was a it was a rough weekend all around if you're a Cleveland sports fan, but if you're a tribe fan, it was particularly frustrating uh, watching what happened in Minnesota uh, from Friday through Sunday. Uh, the Indians swept. They've now lost six games in a row, and and really they just they looked pretty lifeless out there. Um, you know, even in Sunday's game against uh, uh, Ivan Nova or uh, Michael Pineda, I'm sorry, <laughs> Michael Pineda, who who they they they've traditionally hit pretty well. Yeah, Joe, it was uh, a lost weekend in the Minneapolis definitely. Uh, they get out homered, what eleven to two? I mean, the three best pitchers or three of their, you know, Bieber, Plesac, and uh, Tristan McKenzie, all all get burned by the long ball. Um, and the revised uh, offense really until Sunday really didn't come through, really didn't produce a whole lot. I mean, what, they scored, what, nine runs in the last two games, which right. I guess is a, a step in the right direction, but uh, it wasn't enough to be the Twins team that really has uh, is, is hitting on all cylinders right now. They've got their guys back, and they are dangerous, a dangerous club. It's it just the, the whole series seemed to uh, highlight to me, Joe, that you can't build a team strictly on pitching. You, right. you know, you've seen the Twins can almost match the Indians head-to-head pitching-wise, and they've got the offense. You, it takes – you have to be good in all areas to, uh, to win a division and to go deep in the postseason. And right now the Indians are an unbalanced team. Well, you can't you can't build a, a winning team around just pitching, and uh, if you if you do try to, your superstar players can't just disappear and not show up, and and that's really you know sort of what's happening in in this season is they're not getting the the production offensively out of the guys who in in years past have have done just that have performed at all star levels. Uh, Indians pitching a lot, and and that's the other thing is, and Sandy Alomar uh, alluded to it. Uh, in his postgame remarks Sunday, he said, you know, we really haven't hit a skid where our, our pitching wasn't coming through for us and wasn't carrying us. Uh, this weekend, like you said, they allowed 11 home runs in the three-game set. It's the second most home runs they've allowed in a, a three-game uh, span, uh, a three-game series against a team since 1987. Uh, uh, Oakland, in 1987, they gave up 11. And in 2003 at Texas, they gave up 13 home runs to Texas in 2003. So uh, it's that when you run into like just a, a weekend series where it all comes together like that for one team hitting against your pitchers, uh, you need to have something to counter with that. And the Indians just don't have it. Yeah. And I think Joe, they, they pitched so well all year that I think just the strain of that, you know, with no offense kind of showed up this weekend too. They know, you know, they can say all they want that they don't pay attention to the, to the offense, but they know if they give up a two-run homer in the third inning, this thing is, you know, or a three-run homer in the third inning, this thing is over. You know, mm -hmm. the, this team has not come back all year. But they've got one walk-off win, and uh, it's uh, – it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get, into, we'll get into the playoff uh, positioning and seating and all that, and, and we'll uh, – we'll, We'll look for answers and we'll look for suggestions from our, our subtextures here as we go on in the next, uh, you know, 15 minutes or so. 
But wanted to mention Tristan McKenzie, of course, suffered his first loss of his career. He allowed five runs, three home runs. He only gave up three hits in the game, but all three left the park. Uh, he did strike out seven in four and a third innings. That puts him uh, second behind Herb Score uh, in his first five games of his career. McKenzie has 33 strikeouts. Score had 50. Danny Salazar had 32. And Shane Bieber had 29 uh, across their first five games uh, as for the Indians. So Tristan McKenzie in, you know, pretty decent company there with Herbie Score and Shane Bieber. Uh, but, uh, you know, for him, it was just a matter of they, they jumped on a couple of mistake pitches. And for a young pitcher, leaving a, a hanging slider or two over the middle of the plate against a team like Minnesota really sort of highlights, you know, what, what that offense can do. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I, you know, Herbie wasn't on a pitch count either. <laughs> I'd like to see the innings uh, matched up with uh, McKenzie. McKenzie's done it in a lot quicker, you know, a lot shorter time frame. I'm sure Herbie was pitching complete games to mm -hmm. get those strikeouts. Right. So we're close to it. Uh, yeah. The other – go ahead. The other no, thing – Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, McKenzie, what, he gives up the two-run homer to Gonzalez, two-run homer to Jeffers, and a solo to uh, Cruz. You know that, that they had done such a great job against Cruz this whole postseason. This whole season, he's bound to get a cut. I think he hit two home runs in the in the season series, but right. they really did a great job. Two home runs in ten games for the guy that was you know leading uh, leading the American League. You know, for or one of the best in the American League over the last two years. All right, it's pretty good. Uh, we also mentioned you also alluded to uh, the Indians reshuffled lineup. They did move Francisco Lindor back into the leadoff spot moved uh, Cesar Hernandez down to two and Jose Ramirez into the third spot. Over the weekend, Indians, uh, the top four hitters, including Carlos Santana as, as in cleanup, uh, went 10 for 19 with a double, three RBIs and three runs scored. Uh, actually, that I'm sorry, that was in, uh, that was in Sunday's game. Uh, just alone, the Sunday's game, they went 10 for 19. So, so really, they did produce that, that top of the order, sort of really produced uh, in, in that game. Uh, since the shuffle, since Lindor moved up to the top spot in the order, uh, he's hitting 333, Hernandez hitting 385, Jose Ramirez hitting 500 with uh, a couple of home runs. Uh, Carlos Santana on Sunday had three hits and drove in the Indians' first two runs. Really, those those first two times through the order was exactly what the the Indians want to see in 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 terms of how that that. that uh, arrangement is supposed to go. Lindor, Hernandez get on base. Uh, Santana drives him in. Yeah, that was uh, that was encouraging. You know, Joe, I wish they would have done this earlier almost. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure why they waited. I, You know, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, Sandy being, you know, kind of the interim manager and, and maybe not wanting to uh, really make a move without Tito's, you know, approval. I, I don't know if the, how that how, how that, uh, how the, uh, well, I'm sure the, if Tito were sitting back at home and thinking, okay, Hey, it's time to make that move. Let's make that move. He could have picked up the phone and said, Hey, let's think about, you know, let's have a conversation with Frankie and let's move him. He could have done that weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, so. It, it's not like they, you needed Sandy to come forward earlier and, and do that. It, it, I don't know why they waited so long, but yeah, they probably should have made a move earlier. Yeah. I mean, you could tell, uh, you know, Lindo just wasn't the same guy in the number three spot. So, 
you know, that, that it'll be interesting to see if that, uh, you know, if that move prevents them from making a postseason. I know that what they've got like a 98% chance of still getting in there. So, you know, with 13 games to play. So I guess, you know, we'll have to see how those percentages work out, but you got to do it on the field right now. And they're not doing it on the field. Right. So after uh, Sunday's game, uh, I went on subtext and I put it out there to our subtext subscribers. You know, give me your suggestions. The Indians are in a tailspin. Let's let's throw it all out there. No idea is too crazy. Just let's let's see what you've got. Uh, you know, give us an idea here. Uh, and so from the from the sublime to the insane, here are uh, are some of the suggestions that uh, have come through. Dave and Avon uh, says first he can bat Reyes in the cleanup spot and drop Santana to sixth, uh, put Naquin in the fifth spot. So there's there's an idea there. Uh, he also suggests bringing, uh, sending Mercado to the alternate camp, bringing back Zimmer. And he wants to know uh, if we're sure that the DH can be used uh, exclusively on pitchers, which I'm, I'm pretty sure it's only allowed for pitchers. But he says, you know, heck, let the, uh, let's DH for the catcher and let the pitchers hit because nothing else seems to be working in that regard. You're not kidding. I I've never seen three hit. You know, we haven't seen a much of Hankins, you know, so we, you know, I guess he kind of gets a pass on this, but Perez and Leon, if I never see them hit again this year, <laughs> I, I'll be a happy man. I, I mean, well, I thought. Perez what more was, does Sandy Leon have to do? He had what, two or three hits. Uh, on I know. <laughs> I know. He gets just when I'm about to pull my hair out, he gets an RBI single, but I, I'm telling you, I, uh, I mean, Thank God they can, they can call the game and throw, in, I guess. In, in Tito's estimation, in the Indians' estimation, if you're a catcher who handles the pitching staff and, and prevents runs, that's what's important. They don't care what you do at the plate. So, yeah, but you uh, at least have to be able to defend yourself at the plate. And these guys have not. This has been atrocious to watch them. And I know, you know, Perez got hurt early and he had the good season last year. But come on now. All right. Big league hitters. All right. Dan in University Heights says the best thing they can do is try to keep things loose. Even though they were swept, there were really signs the offense is starting to come alive. And then like that's to your point earlier. Yeah, there was there was some positive stuff there, but it's overshadowed by for the first time this year, the the pitching sort of let them know. Yeah, and you know, so you know, you know, Lindor what gets two hits right away, he gets a sacrifice by Sunday. Uh, you know, so that that's encouraging. And uh you know, now they've got it. It seems like the, those top three guys uh, have got going, and they now they've got to get Reyes get back back in the groove. He had a sacrifice fly uh, Sunday, but you know he's. Boy, that, I, I I thought that ball was going to be in the planning boxes, though. I thought. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, almost saw, got it. I saw Kepler go back to the wall and put his hand on the wall, and I'm like, "That's going to be in the basket," and it it dropped <laughs> in his glove. How yeah. close do you think that ball came to? Have fallen in the basket. Yeah, I mean that that had to be so close. Yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> All right, this uh, Matt Underwood had the Matt Underwood had the, had he, his home run called three fourths of the way out of his mouth when he had to <laughs> swallow it. Uh, this guy from the uh, from the Columbus area code says trade Lindor, get a dynamic DH or a big bat first baseman, bring up <laughs> and make when Tyler's a spark plug. Uh, okay, I don't think uh, – I think the trading deadline is past. Yeah, the trading deadline is over. This I mean, was a, you, they're going to trade them, but it's going 
we, we're going to have to wait till next year to see the results. Let's put that one in storage and we'll pull it out, uh, you know, in, in uh, November or December when, uh, when that's actually going to happen. Uh, this one from the Denver area code, uh, little energy in Minnesota, whoever's the leader needs to start leading uh, two pickoffs in Minnesota. Is, the, is it the players or coaches, whichever you need to fix it. Need hitting at the bottom of the order. Bench, Naylor, stop trying to justify the trade. He's overmatched. Call up Bowers. Can't do any worse, and he has some power potential. Play Freeman in the outfield. Veteran hitter. This guy's just throwing it all out there, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe all the homers help him. Uh, play Perez until his arm falls off. Uh, last but not least, play the hitter they should have gotten in the Clevenger trade. Okay, so not – that's Bud in uh, in Denver who who sent that suggestion. Uh, I the the Bowers suggestion is interesting. What would you what would you do there? I mean, you're you're pretty much committed to Naylor right now, just like he says to justify the trade. Yeah. But uh, he's he's the one taking at bats away from Jake Bowers right now. Yeah, and I mean you could send Mercado down, but Bowers isn't going to play center field, right? I mean, no. He, so uh, I mean. I, you know, I think Bowers is going to be up here maybe in, in, in before the end of the season. Uh, I don't think I don't think Zimmer's the answer to me. I, I kind of look. I haven't seen the old Zimmer yet. You know, I haven't mm -hmm. seen a guy that kind of plays. I think he's a little cautious in the outfield. I haven't seen the arm. You know, and definitely he's in, in, with the exception of summer camp. We haven't seen him swing the bat. So. Right. Uh, Mike in Avon says, find a way to get the Cubs to forfeit their Tuesday and Wednesday games before we just dive into playing the Tigers again. Uh, so that's Mike in, uh, in Avon with the unrealistic <laughs> expectation there. Uh, let's see. Jared in Indiana says, I don't think there's much Sandy or anyone else can do. The, un the unfortunate fact is that under Tito, the Indians have been a slow starting offense. The offense usually doesn't pick up until after 60 games. And uh, they've been a better second-half team. However, that's during the 162-game season. The Indians' record at 60 games the last few years doesn't provide much optimism either. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I was – you know, it's not like – this is such an unusual season. I don't think you can just – you can't be the manager and, and go in there and call a team meeting, you know, right after the game because all these guys, I think, are spread out because mm – -hmm. uh, you know, the uh, social distancing. So, you know, it's not like, like I think in the years past, it sounded like, you know, Tito, you know, different managers, if they had a bad game or a bad series, you know, the guy, you know, you shut the clubhouse doors, you, you, you go in there, you talk for 10 minutes, and then you get it out in the open, and, you know, hopefully you move on from that. And I think it's difficult to do that this, this year. And, I, and, you know, Sandy is still in a tough spot where, I'm sure you don't want to, you know, overstep his bounds and step on people's toes and maybe say something that, that it, it's still Tito's team. So it's, it's an awkward situation. Right. Uh, Janice from Columbus writes, uh, you know, we haven't really had anybody suggest yet uh, that we need to bunt more. So maybe that's coming. Uh, Janice from Columbus says all the teams know that our hitters are pressing and swinging at break, breaking pitches out of the zone. Oh, we're going to dive into stack cast here. Come on. Uh, Focus on patience at the plate and stick with an approach. Today's game with 13 hits, even though mostly were singles, would have been a good result had just a couple of them been timely hits. As Tito says, focus on keeping the train moving. 
We aren't a power hitting team, so don't try to be. That's from Janice. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Swinging for the fences. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, trying to pick out uh, hitting. Uh, Marianne from Florida says hitting and a pitching slump. To me, we look lost at the plate, and I agree the pitching is fatigued. So there you go. That's and I think it's probably pitchers are mental, more, ment more mentally tired than, you know, physically. 60 games is 60 games. Um, you know, but I think it's just, you know, they know, you know, they're, they're not stupid. They know that uh, this offense has struggled all year. And if they give up two, three, four runs, you know, most likely they're going to lose and the team is going to lose. Okay. Finally, this, uh, this subscriber, subtext subscriber, says the tailspin doesn't pretend well for Sandy Alomar being Francona's successor. I'm afraid that they, what they need in the clubhouse, other than more good players, is Tito. Neither option is available. Dumping yet another star pitcher and failing to help the team with outfielders was an inflection point. The ownership is cutting its losses, and the remaining players are disillusioned. I'm afraid the Tito era may be over. So even if uh, Francona does make it back for the last two weeks of the season here, uh, this guy says that uh, that that might be all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think if I, uh, it's it's hard to know. I mean, I don't I don't think of, if you're t Terry Francona, is this the way you really want to go out? You know, I mean, I would think you know. Hopefully, he recovers. You know, he gets healthy, and if he doesn't make it back this year, you know, he's able to fret start with a clean slate next year. He signed through 2022. You know, Sandy is, is in a tough spot. I think he's done a great job. You know, the team has struggled a little bit, but but what are they, 18 and 15 under him? He's got him. He's kept him in the playoff hunt. Right. Uh, do, you, do you think that a team will come knocking and, and looking for Sandy as, as a manager if there are any openings at the end of the year? I think, I think he'll be, he'll draw some consideration if, if he wants to, if he, if he, if he wants to, if, if he's, you know, I, I think it depends how, how this team finishes up, you know, and it would be nice if they finished strong in these last 13 games and made a, a good impression in the postseason. Uh, but I think he's done, a, I think he's done a credible job. It's a tough circumstances. Right. right. All right. Well, the Indians are heading to uh, Chicago, uh, play the Cubs. They, they played them, I believe, back in 2018 in Chicago. I think it was uh, Adam Plicko's <laughs> first uh, Major League start was was at Wrigley Field uh, a night Good there. Good memory. Yeah, it was when uh, the, the the Blackhawks won the, won the uh, Stanley Cup. Okay, so. Uh, I, re I remember I was at the ballpark, and and uh, the fans, you know, at uh, Wrigleyville, all the bars emptied after they won the so cup. So you couldn't get a spot at the bar after the game because the Blackhawks. <laughs> right. I couldn't get a cab back. That's to what you're trying to say. Oh, you know, we know you were in Wrigleyville partying at the Cubby Bear. That was whatever. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first time they'll be back there since, uh, since 2018. Uh, Carrasco goes against you Darvish. And, boy, don't you know it, the Cubs are coming off of a no-hitter by uh, who's Alec, Alec Wood, I believe his Mills. name is. Mills, Alec Mills. Alec Mills. So, yeah, uh, if, if they've got unknowns throwing no-hitters at uh, Wrigley Field or where, wherever, wherever he threw it, I don't even know.
but yeah, no, that's in, tough. In, in in Milwaukee, you know. through to Milwaukee, even yeah. better. They got I hear they got good ice cream there. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, they um, the the Cubs went through a struggle just like the Indians have, are going through right now. But you know they beat Hater, uh, Milwaukee's closer on uh, on uh, uh, Saturday night and can come back and the kid throws a no hitter. Uh, so they're, they're on a roll. Big deal. The Indians beat Hater. That's not a big thing. <laughs> that's like nothing. The Indians were the first ones to show you could do that. Come on. But yeah, uh, so they get Darvish. Darvish is a, a contender for the NL Cy Young, obviously. Uh, the way that Carrasco's pitched his last two or three outings, uh, you know, that that might be a positive sign, but you, it's not like he's been doing it against a, a lineup like the Cubs. So we'll see what, what Tuesday night has in store. Yeah, I think, you know, Carrasco really, you know, he pitched great the last time out. He His last three starts, like you were saying, Joe, he's been right on the money. I think he's he's kind of reaching his stride right now. And offensively, there was, you know, they showed some promise. They didn't win, but they showed some promise Saturday and Sunday. That's encouraging. Uh, but, you know, they they got to start winning. They got to start winning ball games. It's, it's as simple as that. And, uh, you know, Six straight is they haven't lost six straight since since 2015. 2015. I mean, that's like it's crazy. <laughs> that's a it, long time. It, we all remember what a you know, it, 2015 was a miserable year, anyways. But yeah, to, to just think about the, the sustained success since then that they haven't lost six games in a row since then uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, the, right now, they stand in eighth place. They would they would play the White Sox if the playoffs started today in a three-game series. So, uh, you know, and, and you and I were talking before we started recording here. That might not necessarily be the worst thing for them if they, if they get matched up against the Sox in the first round. Yeah, what, what do you think, Joe? Would you rather – I mean, if you finish the seventh or eighth seed, which, uh, you know, th- that's probably how it's going to end up for the Indians and, and, and Yankees, I would think. The it does it looks like first or second place in the AL Central is probably out of reach. Right. And uh, who would you rather play, the White Sox or Tampa Bay? Those are the top two seeds right now. Uh, and you know, last year they haven't played the Rays this year, but last year they uh, the Rays went six and one against the. Yeah, Indians. the Rays the Rays owned the Indians last year, and it was and they were winning like crazy games too. They were getting like weird walk offs and and stuff that like right. shouldn't happen. It was. It was all insane. Like G-Man Choi was hitting walk-off home runs against them. I mean, that 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 shouldn't happen. Uh, I, right now, I'd roll the dice and play the White Sox just because you're familiar with them. Uh, your pitchers know their hitters, and uh, you can go after them. You can make a game plan and go after them, and and maybe be successful there. Um, I, I think I would welcome the opportunity to play the, the the White Sox in the first round if it started today. You know, uh, ask me after we. After the Indians have played, uh, you know, four games against Detroit and see how they come out of that, and then four more next week against the White Sox and, and see how they come out of that. It'll be a good test, so we'll see how it is. Yeah, and another big series this week. Uh, uh, the Twins are at guaranteed rate field playing the White Sox in, in four straight. So, uh, you know, that's another another series to keep your eye on just to see how those two uh, – you know, handle each other. And I guess if they split, there's no, there's no 
big change. Well, we will uh, definitely check back in uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and, and we'll get a, a preview of the way things shape up for the rest of the week. We'll talk to you then, Hoinsey. Thanks, Joe.